0: Good morning, Arizona. Happy uh, happy Sunday morning. Beautiful day out here. We can just see a glow now over the mountains here in Sunny Slope. And uh, what a you to the Whitfield Nursery uh, Garden Show. We have Xandra here on phones and music. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams. We can talk about Christmas. We can talk about summer nightmares and You know, some of them still getting fixed. Uh, A little bit of warning about, uh, you know, frost and cold that can come. We can talk about irrigation systems and how most plants don't really need much water since it's cooler and the days are shorter. And uh, whatever the landscape is of your dreams, uh, give us a call. We start off with wide open phones. We end the show with, you know, phones that are pretty full. So all you have to do is give Xander a call here at 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. And you can lead the direction of the program. Uh, We'll also invite you if you want to tell some Christmas tree stories today or maybe your most fun Christmas. We can say, you know, Christmas tree seasons here is is December now and we're out at the lots uh, having a lot of fun with the trees. We can talk about the different varieties, how they last and how they decorate. And uh, you can see some, uh, you know, just some really pretty decoration ideas and ways to go that uh, a lot of fun things. You know, at the uh, Whitfields, we have silver tips that come from about eight to nine thousand feet in northern California. And we have uh, Frasers and Nobles and Nordman's. And, you know, so far, uh, you know, the other ones that we're going to have coming up pretty soon will be the Grand Furs and the Douglas Furs. But those aren't even cut yet. So if you want to talk about your favorite Christmas tree and how to take care of those. Uh, frost is, is going to be an issue, so maybe a little bit on frost protection today. And water is always an issue, and how we utilize our water it makes a big difference. And this time of year, most of our landscape doesn't need a lot of water. I know we haven't had enough rain to count. It was nice having a little, you know, light shower to dust off and clean off our plants, which made it feel like a little bit more like a traditional uh, December here in Arizona. But um, it's not unusual for us to get some rain, we hope we do. And historically, it's not unusual for us to get a little frost so we can talk about protecting things. But our plants really don't need very much water right now, especially hardier plants like all the desert trees, mesquites, palaverdes, ironwoods, even big ashes and pistachios and pines and elms. Uh, you know, this is a time of year where we should save our water. You know, we can utilize our water when it's 110, cool our environment, make the valley a lot nicer but uh, this time of year our trees really don't need much and you know for most landscape plants they're established and established being you know three to five years old or more you know watering once or twice a month this time of year is going to be fine. Uh, We could talk about the fact that being wet going into a freeze makes a difference and you might save your irrigation for a time when it gets a little colder. Well we'll get to the phones here. We do have three lines still available. We have Xandra here on the phones and music. Her number is 602-277-5827 277-KTAR and we have our first caller of the morning is Tom and Gilbert. Hello, Thomas. Good morning. Morning, what a sir. a beautiful day. It is gorgeous.
1: Hey, uh, we got a uh, big cactus out here, and I cut one of the alarms off of it and went over and planted it.
0: How often should I water that to try to get roots to grow? Well, Tom, was it a sabora, or what kind of big cactus was it?
1: All right. No, when the swirl, I don't know what it is. It's just no cactus.
0: Okay, well, with a lot of our things, you know, like the totem pole cactus, and you know, we have a lot of different serious types like that, and things that uh, you know, really, you want to leave them pretty dry. So, did you let it lay around and callus for a while, or did you put it right in the ground?
2: Put it right in the ground.
0: Okay, so I wouldn't water it at all for you know till March. Oh, okay. Just let it kind of hang out there. If you got it far enough in, that'll kind of balance it out. And then in March, you don't want to water a lot, but probably once every two weeks.
1: Okay. And, and the original one that's stopped there is about seven or about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. How often should you water and how much
0: should you water? Well, it really doesn't need any water in the wintertime. time. Okay. But it will definitely okay. benefit from some regular irrigation, you know, in the heat of the summer. So the first time I'd probably water it uh, would be in May. And then depending on how hot June is, if June gets real hot, which it can, uh, then I'd water it about once every two weeks.
1: Okay, good and, enough. Thank and, you.
0: Yeah, uh, Tom. The other thing is if we're setting records like last year, you know, it was in July, then, then you can water once a week if you want. It'll, it'll love you for it. Oh, okay. All right. Then, uh... Okay, thank you. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks for being first caller of the morning. Uh, we have Tom and Scottsdale next, but after Tom, we've got wide open phones and never to call 602 277 5827, 277 KTAR. It's always easier to get on early, and we have the wonderful Xander here on the phones and music. Just give her a call. Tom and Scottsdale, good morning.
3: Good morning, Brian. I have a potted hibiscus where the leaves are starting to turn yellow very slowly. Mm hmm.
2: What do you think would cause that?
0: A lack of food.
3: Okay, so it needs fertilizer?
0: Well, here's the hard part, uh, Tom, is now it's cooled off a lot, okay? So it's not going to use fertilizer very fast. Um, Mm -hmm. What side, did you upgrade the pot from whenever you
3: purchased it? No, it's been in the pot for, oh, three or four years now, and
2: it's, you know, it's done well. Mm -hmm. But... uh, so, yeah, now you I'm start, starting it, to notice
0: that. Yeah, so right now, if you had like some miracle Grow at home or, you know, Peter, some kind of yeah. water-soluble fertilizer, and you mm-hmm. spray it right on the foliage, that'll probably clean mm-hmm. it up quickly. And then what I would do with it in the spring, somewhere around the old Valentine's Day or so, put on some Osmocote, and it's a slow-release fertilizer, and the Osmocote yep. will last for, you know, three months at a time.
3: Okay, so so basically, it's a it's a fertilizer problem. Then. Well, it's
0: just hungry, you
3: know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Tom. Bye, bye.
0: Uh we're just gonna we're just gonna grab this one as it comes in. Good morning. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Last for you know three months at a time. Hello. Hey, this is Brian. You're actually on the air already. Oh wow, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try to surprise people. We have it be fun, you know.
1: That was definitely a surprise. I, yeah, I've called before and usually talk to the call screener, but, um, yeah, so I have a question about some, um, raised planters. They're the galvanized, um, steel that I bought from home Depot. They're, they're circular about a two feet tall. I don't know. uh, Did you get the ones the
0: fire pit or did you get the ones that are uh, with the bottom? Uh, no, they're the fire pit. Okay.
1: So I was just going to, um, plant them in between my neighbor's house and my house. So I don't have a lot of sunlight. So maybe three or four hours during the day. I didn't, I didn't know what I well, should plant most
0: vegetable plants. If you're going to grow kind of, you know, a vegetable garden are going to want more sunlight than that, especially this time of year. So that's okay. probably not an ideal location though. It might be a good location for the summer. Um, and things will still grow with three or four hours a day sunlight. You know the reality is right now we only have about ten hours anyway. So you know yeah. the days are getting shorter. But uh, yeah. you know I would I would look at root crops would be easier. So like radishes and carrots and those kind of things and onions and uh, garlic if you like it. Um, and you can certainly grow leafy leafy greens. They're just going to grow slower. So broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, and kale. Uh, Flowering plants like tomatoes and peppers probably aren't going to do as well there this time of year. But if you want to wait and plant those varieties in the spring, uh, you can do some leafy greens and that kind of stuff for the winter. And then come back the first of March and plant some flowering plants like peppers and tomatoes and probably do pretty well.
1: Okay. Well, I haven't done anything with them, so I can always kind of move it around. To well, if you could a, move a it on the south of
0: side my... of the house this time of year where it's going to get pretty full sun, it's going to perform much better there.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I have a raised planter in my backyard. My, my jalapenos and all my peppers are just going nuts right now. So, um, But, no, I think I'll I'll take it out of that middle section in between my neighbor's house and mine and, and move it out into a more uh, sunlight-friendly area.
0: I think you'll have a lot more success that way.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to check with you because I I listen to your show on Saturdays and Sundays, and I appreciate everything, uh, all the help that you give us.
0: Well, we have a lot of fun, and I can stay out of trouble at least four hours a week anyway. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have a nice Sunday. Okay, you do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and while we're gone, we do have three lines available. A number to call is 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR for the Woodville Nursery Garden Show. Zandra, Troy, and I are here uh, Sundays from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. morning i guess i, I kind of timed that song a little wrong it's not quite sunny yet but it, it's gonna be here during this segment i'm sure <laughs> i appreciate uh, all the listeners and all the, the the wonderful weather that we're having right now and we'll get right to the phones we do have one line available the number to call is 602-277-5827 mike and surprise good morning Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, it's a beautiful morning. You know, it's warmer than it was yesterday morning when I got started. <laughs> yeah, like I got 41 in surprise right here right now. Oh, really? Yeah, we were we were down about the yeah. same uh, yesterday morning in my home, but uh, this morning it, it just it certainly felt warmer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, timing is everything, Brian. You were talking to that gentleman about burying a a piece of cactus, and I lost an Argentine cactus uh, this past summer. And uh, my neighbor has a very healthy one, and she's offered to uh, let me cut an arm off. I've never done that. Can you explain the process, what I should do? You said let it callous or something?
0: Yeah, Mike, the best time to do it is really wait until probably late uh Late February, the first of March, it's it's not going to do anything at all this time of year. And you'd have more of a chance of harming okay. it this time than you would if you waited until it's warming up. But, you know, when the nighttime temperatures, you know, are, are pretty much consistently going to be in the 50s and the daytime in the 80s. Uh, that That's a good time to plant. And we don't know going forward right now how cold we might get. So I would hold off till then. You can just take and cut the arm. And Argentine giants, they typically have those arms that come and start really close to the ground. So if you'll take and cut one yeah. with maybe a long pointed saw or a big butcher knife, you know, close to the ground, lay it on the side of the house in the shade. Now, one little pointer when we're doing these cuttings that people don't often mention is that it really helps to mark north on the side of the plant when you take the cutting. And when you plant it in the ground, if you'll you know, plant it back the same direction. It's easier on the plant. Okay. So if you'll do that and then the best thing as far as keeping it from getting a bacterial infection is powdered sulfur. So you got three months to go pick it up. So get a little can (laughs) of powdered sulfur and dust the bottom of it. Whenever you lay it on the side of the house and then just plant it back into the ground. Um, You want to let it callous for at least a week or two before you put it back. A little longer might even be better. So it just kind of dries up and you don't get any bacteria going in it. But the sulfur helps with that. And Argentine giants are a fairly easy one to grow from a cutting. And so I think you'll have pretty good success. So I would think somewhere after Valentine's Day, make the cutting. Get it in the ground the first week or two of March. And I think you'll have great success.
2: Do I plant it in the same position it was before, or do I plant it straight up? Uh,
0: well, you, know, you, you can tilt it whatever angle you want to. That's not going to harm. A lot of times they're curved on the Ar- Argentine Giants coming out of the trunk. So I would kind of get it yeah. so more that it's balanced, you know, so it's going to actually come up, and you're going to plant it with a little curve going to one direction. But if you will plant, the directional will be the same. Put north-north when you replant it, um, and then it will kind of straighten up as it gets bigger. Fantastic. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Butch in Peoria. Morning, Butch.
3: Yeah, hello. Morning, sir. Yeah, morning to you. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a lemon tree, uh, and I'll have a follow-up question as far as what kind of lemon tree it is. Mm -hmm. But it's about 20 years old. The canopy is probably a good, uh, I'd say, 15 feet, and it's about the same height. Uh, And like I said, it's 20 years old. Um, it took a real hit, uh, Of course, a lot of citrus, as I heard, they took a hit this summer. Um, and the the branches that were the bark was peeling, uh, cracking and peeling. and I tried to use your mesh to save it. And that didn't really work. So mostly the, the limbs that had that bark peeling, they just basically died. And the, the leaves were always uh real yellowish Brown. And I tried using the Arizona uh, from, I guess it's Home Depot, Arizona fertilizer best fertilizer. Yeah. It's a good fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and then somebody told me to do it in June, which I didn't think it was a good idea, but I did. And it seemed to to kick back. And then you have a blue blue container. I think it's B12 or B6 or something. I don't know what that was, but I used that also. And I I just want to know what kind of portions and then how to, right now it looks okay, but I got rid of at least a third of the tree and it was on the South side that mostly took the hit.
0: Well, but why it got sunburned is because it was trimmed up high and the sun came through and hit the wood and cooked the wood. So like, if you go to one of our orchards and look at how we grow our lemon trees, we have the branches come down and they almost touch the ground. In fact, this time of year when they're loaded with fruit, the branches do touch the ground sometimes with the fruit on the bottom. So the the lower the canopy, the healthier the tree. You can always cut lemons down on the top. And there's not too much to do with it this time of year because the weather's cool and it's not going to grow much anymore. Does it have fruit on it?
3: Yes, it does, but it, it's a it's a a little bit uh, smaller than usual, and they're not really turning yellow yet.
0: Well, I mean, well, it's just been too warm for them to color up, Butch. And uh, you know, we just yeah. started picking our own commercially, and we we do, we do a process called sweating it. So we we basically do is we keep it in a, in a room or in a truck, and we keep it like around eighty degrees. And uh, you know, seventy five to eighty, and we keep the the humidity up to like ninety percent. And then in about okay. a week or so they go from green to yellow. Kind of that fastens or you know, fastens up some of the oh. seeds up everything. Okay. Mean, what's going okay. But anyway, okay, so, you, you uh, can use them uh, off the tree right now. They're as good as you know you're gonna find in the store. And so yeah. what I would do with it, you might cut it back a little bit more in February and uh, and then start your fertilizer process. And you can fertilize it once a month if you want it to grow back quicker instead of oh, really? For a really great special time so you can start feeding okay. it like valentine's day in the middle of february feed it once a month all the way through october and you won't recognize it next next fall. I mean, the tree on wow. a lemon will just come back like, you know, it was just a mad max when it grows. They grow really fast.
3: Even at 20 years old? Well, 20, 20 years
0: old it's well, it like a prime age lemon tree. Oh, you know, like okay. in our, our orchards, we have trees that are anywhere from 40, you know, to, to newer, younger trees. Sounds um, promising. No, so it, it'll come right back out. And, uh, yeah, you know, so, they'll usually so the live left 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 to about 40.
3: Yeah, so one thing I did that Home Depot told me to do is dig out a trench. So I got like about a nine-foot skirt around it. Mm-hmm. And I put a lot of wood chips in there, but the grass keeps growing through there. So I do need to add more wood chips to keep that grass you know, from? No, you know,
0: the problem is is your canopy raised too high, and that was the real problem from the get-go, okay? So your branches no. are too high off the ground. So what no. you want to do is you want to let some of these lower branches come out and fill in. And when we have a canopy on a tree like that, it's going to shade the ground, and so you won't get as much grass. Now, you know, for no, okay. for the grass this spring, what I would do is probably spot spray it with some, uh, and you could use a product called Fusilade. That way, if you happen to get it on the tree, it won't hurt the tree. And it's a selective herbicide that just kills the grass, okay? And, and the actual mulch stuff underneath the tree probably is going to take away more of your fertilizer than it's going to add anything. So to add any more, what we do in our groves is we just let the leaves fall, and they build up over time and break down, and they'll help feed the tree. And, uh, okay. and we happen to be, you know, on our, our groves, we're all uh, certified organic. So we actually feed well, them mostly with chicken manure.
3: Oh, what's that solution you said to spray for the grass?
0: That's called Fusilade, F-U-S-I-L-A-D-E. And what's kind of great about this program is after we're all finished, and if you miss something, uh, Xander's going to put it all <laughs> up on the Internet. So this oh, afternoon, great. you can come back and rehear our conversations as many times as you awesome. like.
3: Awesome. Anyway, the, the last question is, uh, my dad told me, because he planted it, it's a Lisbon tree. Mm-hmm. How can you tell what kind of lemon tree it is? Because there's several kinds.
0: Well, the most common uh, lemon tree here in Arizona are Lisbon lemons. And uh, okay. if it's traditional lemon, chances are about 80% it's Lisbon, or, or maybe even 90%. So mm-hmm. that, that's yeah, the common right. variety.
3: Yeah, because if I let them go, they'll grow pretty big. Oh, and no, they, lemon trees, we cut,
0: we, we cut them back every year about six feet on the top of the tree.
3: No, I mean, the, the fruit
0: actually is pretty big. If well, I let it go. Yeah, and if you leave the lemons on the tree, you know, the, the, that's the best place to store them on the tree, and they won't drop yeah. off the tree until May, and they'll get very large. So. Okay. Anyway, but enjoy okay. your okay. tree. Bye bye. All right, thank you. Uh, Joe in Maricopa, good morning, Joe. Hey, good
2: morning. Hey, uh, enjoying your show, Brian. Hey, uh, last year I lost, well, this past summer I lost some uh, cypress trees, and I mean, they just went from green to brown. And so I replanted them, so um, I got it on water cycle like every other day. Um, um, should, they, is that good or should I turn it down? No, Joe, real,
0: realistically of- with an Italian cypress, um, you know, weekly watering this time of year is probably more than adequate. If you started with a real small tree, you might water them once a week, but you know, we're getting a time of year where once every two weeks would be fine. But when you water them, you oh, want okay. to get the water down. So it goes down to a depth of about two feet, you know, so we're not oh, going to okay. put on, we're not going to put on a gallon of water. We want to put on what size would you plan them, Joe?
2: Uh, they, they were in the pots. In five-gallon five pots? Got, yes, in the five-gallon pots.
0: Okay, so you want to get the water two feet, okay? So you want to put on oh, at okay. least about four four gallons of water when you water. But, you know, probably right. once every two weeks is often enough.
2: Okay, all right. So uh, now maybe that's what killed them. I, I got those, those those drip systems Um. Um, and, and, it, and it stays on for like 25 minutes or so. Okay. Is, is that getting it? Or is that well, it, or it, depend, it depends
0: on what size emitters you have. Okay, because there's 10 okay. gallon, there's 10 gallon hour emitters that that's like the largest size, and they go all the way to one gallon. So, if you're watering right. with a one gallon emitter and you're putting a half gallon of water on, uh, it does a couple bad things. Number one, if we don't water deep enough, we're adding a lot of salt right. that we have in our water. So, it's making the soil saltier and saltier and saltier. And then when oh. it gets real hot and stays like 110 for a month, you know, those trees right. are pulling up every bit of water they can, but they're also pulling up the salts. And so that salt okay. is really hard in the trees. So you always want to water deep enough to get the water down past the roots. And two feet on a you know on a young plant like that's fine. But you okay. at least four or five gallons of water, and then you can let it okay. get dry in between.
2: Okay. Now now so should I turn the should I change the heads on those sprinklers on those drips in order to get that, well, that you of can water? Well, you can if you
0: want to. I mean, you could put like a ten gallon adjustable emitter, and you can run it for a half hour and get five okay. gallons of water,
2: and that's fine. Okay, cool. All right, I'll do that. Thank you so much for your time, man. Enjoy your show, even on Saturday. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe. <Jill. laughs> well, All right, we, thank you. Have a good day. if you haven't noticed,
0: Andrew used to be on Saturdays at that other place, too.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> thanks, oh, yeah. Joe. Have a good day. You Bye. You. Bye-bye. Uh, More in uh, South Phoenix, or somewhere in South Phoenix, or on top of South Mountain. Are you up on the <laughs> mountain
4: going to watch the sunrise this morning? I haven't been out to the sunrise to watch it come up but I'm it's, not on top of the well, mountain but I am to drive on up on the top,
0: top of South Mountain and watch the sunrise you know and they open the park early enough that uh yeah. you know it's quite an experience I have to go up there at least once a year and, and just make sure I watch my sunrise over the valley from top of South Mountain
4: It is beautiful Um so I'm kind of like leading off of the cypress question so I have I'm assuming there's cypress we have probably about 9 in the front yard and they did the same thing they went from being green Mm -hmm. to actually that brown and so then i thought well are we you know they're just maybe like you said too much salt all of that we definitely deep water because we sometimes forget and leave the hose on Mm -hmm. and um nonetheless it can be like two three hours running um so they definitely get deep water at least every other week. If not, sometimes my son will do it every week. Well, more of the but biggest problem could...
0: that cypress have is not that the water, you know, valley wide, it sounded like that was the issue for our last color. But the biggest okay. problem they have are spider mites. And especially if you plant oh, them close that. together and they don't have airflow. And what made it mm-hmm. especially bad this year is we've had no rain. So if we get rain, it tends to wash the spider mites off. Um, And realistically, if we're having a dry, hot summer, and we certainly had one this year, it would be good to hose the plants off at least once a month and wash all the spider mites away.
4: Okay. Okay. Is there any? kind of uh, way to know like if the ground is lacking a vitamin or something? Because Well, our, our soil like, here
0: in the valley all tends to be a little, you know, high in alkaline and higher pH because of our water quality. And uh, so we're going to usually have a higher pH. So, but and, and just a good balanced fertilizer will work well on Cypress. So you could use like a citrus okay. food and would work fine on them. And probably the best time to feed those now would be in, go ahead and hold off and wait till the first part of February. They're actually quite dormant in the wintertime you're not going to do much to change the plant. However, a good washing, you know, with, a, with a, just a spray nozzle and washing the plant down would be very helpful for them.
4: Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Thanks, Maura.
0: Bye-bye. Well, it looks like it's happened. It, it's here. Mr. Troy Barron is in the studio, so that means it's time for the news. Uh, in the new interview, you can give Zandra a call at 602-277-5827. We'll be right back after the news with Troy on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.
5: To see bum pa bum our finest gifts we bring bum pa bum pa bum pa bum pa bum pa
3: this
5: song can it be and is from be- now see perhaps run- we'll see
0: A couple different generations out having fun. We've got wide, wide open phones. She needs to give Zander a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. We can talk about what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it. We can talk about Christmas trees. Yes, if you're getting a Christmas tree early, and it's a little early, we have beautiful Christmas trees. We have one critical criteria is you have to have a stand that holds plenty of water and you have to check the stand and make sure it has water in it. You know, we have some Vita products that are really good to help stabilize them and help the tree last a little longer, but the number one characteristic and the number one thing that trees need and all things in life need is water. So, you know, you have to have that fresh cut within an hour, you know, before you put the tree up and you have to maintain it. Now, there are some things that we can do if you get a tree up and it doesn't take water to make it last longer, and there's a huge difference on what types of trees you select if you want to put one up earlier. You know, the more open the tree is, the more layered the tree is, the longer it's going to last. And there's certainly a big difference in characteristics. Things like Nordman or Turkish firs and uh, Frasers and Nobles, and especially the silver tips from the High Sierras, can easily last until you know February. And if you get a tree from Whitfield's, we intend for it to last at least through Epiphany. And for those of you not in tune to Epiphany, it's around the 6th of January. And uh, so it's, it's really critical that, uh, you know, if you take the tree, take good care of it. You have a wonderful tree, a wonderful experience. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you already have an artificial tree and it's easier to maintain for you, we also at Whitfields have a wonderful selection of beautiful wreaths and garland and poinsettias. And uh, a lot of these wreaths, uh, they come in all different kinds of sizes and shapes, but they can really make your holiday season a lot more fun and uh, bring in that, you know, the nice fragrance of Christmas. Anyway, wide open phones, folks, give us a call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. And we could talk about watering, what to plant, how to plant. If you got a good Christmas tree story for us, we'd love to hear that as well. And uh, certainly a lot of things that we can enjoy, a lot of things we can plant and do and uh, ways to work together out here. And managing our water is probably the most important thing here as far as, you know, how we're going to live in the valley and persist over years. And, you know, watering right now is one of those things that you could certainly reduce and cut back on for the most part. Um, It's not anything like the middle of the summertime when it's critical and plants don't have enough and uh, for more mature landscapes you know watering you know somewhere between once a week and once a month works and uh, you know many desert trees like ironwoods and mesquites and palo verdes and even our bigger palm trees like date palms and mexican fans and canary island palms you know the true desert palms don't need any much of any water at all this time of year they're fairly dormant and uh, they can provide a lot of beauty to our landscape but if we save up our water and use it next summer when it's miserable out, you know, when it's 110 and 115. You know, under the canopies of these very same desert trees that we didn't water in the winter, uh, they're going to use a lot of water. So if we save up our irrigations for when it's hot uh, and we're watering with adequate and ample even amounts of water, uh, we can cool our environment around our homes up to 25 degrees under the canopy of a tree. You know, it's certainly a big difference between 140 degrees and maybe just 110 or 15, you know, so we can make a pretty big difference. Well, wide open phones, folks, and it looks like, okay, we only, we only do this once a show now. So well, we'll have to do the Christmas tree thing again. So for the next three callers, um, we'll hook you up with a free Christmas tree. and You can pick it up at any one of our lots. And uh, we'll have to have you leave uh, Your phone number with Sandra, And, uh, you know, come out You know, Even if you want to just come out and walk through the lot And take a few pictures and just smell the trees This time of year It's a lot of fun to do But the next three callers will get a free Christmas tree And you don't have to take it today If you want a Douglas fir or Grand fir And yeah, those will be in next weekend You know, we still have plenty of time till Christmas You know, 22 days left So we got plenty of time to put up a tree And plenty of time to enjoy a tree and uh, so for the next three callers, you get a free Christmas tree and uh, you can pick those up at any one of our locations. We have our three nurseries at 8th Street and Glendale, Cooper and Guadalupe. Same as Stapley in Guadalupe or 26th Street in Southern. And we also have a big Christmas tree lot out on Bell Road and 64th Street right next to the Hanson Family Mortuary and Cemetery there. So if you want to uh, come by and see us out there, um, you know, for the next three callers, you get the free tree. And if you're not one of the free tree callers, you know, you know, it's well, yeah, we'll give us a call anyway. We can talk about what to grow, how to grow, it, where to grow, it, why to grow it. You know, when we plant and design our landscape, there's a big difference in how we use things and why we use things. You know, you really want to plant kind of with a purpose and that can be beauty, it can be food, it can be shade. A lot of different reasons why we plant trees and different things. But, um, you know, if we're mindful about what they're going to do for us in our environment, you know, putting large trees, especially on the Southwest side and even the Northwest side for the heat of the summer can cool our homes by, you know, 10 or 15 degrees and make our environment a lot nicer to live in. And then there's the aesthetics of beautiful flowering things like jacaranda trees and in a, even like tabebuia's. if you haven't seen one. It's like an ash tree with pink flowers or Hong Kong orchids. And all those can add a lot of color and fun for us. Um, this time of year, that's the cascalote. It's the desert tree that blooms in the winter. And you'll see them along the freeways and all over. You know, they're a wonderful tree for, for winter color. So we have an awful lot of uh, options here in the desert for what to plant and how to plant it. Anyway, we'll get right to the phones. Melanie and Chandler. Hello,
6: Melanie. Hi, Brian. Melanie, how are you? Melanie, you got a free tree today. Congratulations. I, I am. I'm actually really excited. I was dialing before you said that, but I, I appreciate the generosity because I was going to ask a question about Christmas trees. So so thank you very much, Um I wondered if you have small Christmas trees at your lots and stores.
0: We do. We have Christmas trees. Uh, The tabletop trees started about three feet tall. And so we have three footers, four footers. And we also have 15 foot ones. But we also, uh, Melanie, have live uh, Elderica pines or Mondale pines. Um, You you know, or Afghan pines. They really come from Moran, this seed source. But if you wanted to plant a live tree, we've got those, you know, live trees there. But the smaller size of those is about four feet.
6: Oh, super! That's that's good. We're looking for something for for somebody. We won't mention in case they're listening. <laughs> um, and uh, the other question is, um, when is the optimal time to get a peach tree, and what kind of peach tree is going to do best?
0: Here in Arizona. Well, the, anytime through the winter is a great time to plant a peach. I mean, if you want to plant a peach today, it's better than planting them in the spring because they'll root out over the winter. And the early low chill peaches that we have here are the ones that do the best. Desert Gold's probably the most popular, or Florida prints. And what's very critical when you're looking for a stone fruit, peach, apple, plum, pear, and those kind of things are low chill. And so a lot of them will have a label on them that says how many chill hours they have. And if perhaps they don't have the label, you can look them up on Dave Wilson's website. And you can just Google the variety. And uh, they should come right up. But you want to have low chill ones that don't require much cold because we are getting warmer. And you want to have 300 hours of chill or less.
6: Okay. That's good. Good. All right. I like data. I will check that out. And then... Just off the top, um, you mentioned the Desert Gold. Is that a, a Freestone
0: piece? Yes, it is, and it's it's a medium size. And really, with a lot of our you know early blooming, low chill peaches, um, you need to do some thinning if you want them to be large. But if you thin them, you can get make them you know twice as big as if you don't. And so that is a matter of basically separating them out about nine to ten inches apart between the fruits on the limbs, and that way your fruit will get much larger. If you don't, you'll okay, have excellent. lots of small peaches. Well, Melinda, okay, thanks and, for the uh, call. Okay, thank you. And have a wonderful Sunday. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, Mary and Gilbert, good morning, Mary.
6: Good morning, and thank you so much for the tree. What, what a treat that is.
0: Well, we have beautiful trees, um, have, and it's the right time to put them in.
6: Yes, exactly. I have a question about uh, sumac. It's, it was about 40 years old, and over the summer, it the beating from the heat that we didn't realize was happening, and some of the really major branches. Well, we lost some of them in uh, microburst that went through our neighborhood, but they just don't seem to be popping out any more green. But other parts of the tree are closer to the trunk, so is it's if gonna the branches require aren't they're going to require any
0: they're going to require major pruning. And I've never seen okay. African sumac suffer like they did this year. You know, even when they without water, they've always seemed to you know fare pretty well. But the intense heat and the lack of moisture, uh, they really suffered. So if, really, if they haven't popped any new growth out yet, those that wood is probably all dead. And it's gonna take okay. some major corrective pruning. And then after that it's gonna take some major thinning on the new shoots because they're gonna you know how the Sumacs come back, they're gonna come back with a cluster of new buds and shoots.
6: Yeah, that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah. And so you I would prune off everything above those buds and you can go ahead and, and thin out all those limbs right now. This would be a fine time to prune it.
6: Okay. Okay. And then just kind of watch it.
0: Try to remake itself. Well, you'll watch it. It'll remake itself. I mean, the the nice part about it is the root structure is probably all very viable and healthy. And and for a tree that we, you know, tend to disregard like we do in African sumac, a little love this spring and some more follow-up pruning. And I would say by, you know, May or June, it'll be a pretty attractive tree again.
6: Okay. Yeah, because it's easily 40 years old. Mm. Easily. So oh. not, not as old okay. as okay. I and then come back. <laughs> okay. And then is there a way to, if you plant, I was listening to your previous caller. If you plant a peach tree, um, to, how do you fertilize it? If you want to keep it organic,
0: uh, use, use organic fertilizer. I mean, it's like on our own citrus groves. uh, you could use fish yeah. emulsion. You can use the, well, actually what we use a lot of is, is, uh, you know, chicken fertilizer. You know, just basically chicken poop and it works really well when it's organic. And the nice part about that, it's going to have, you know, nitrogen and phosphorus and some, you know, it has all the good stuff, calcium in it, which is pretty high and it's pretty balanced. And when you get the soil healthy. You know, you could add things like some worm castings once in a while if you want to and fish emulsion, but it's kind of like making stew. You can blend these things and get a nice, you know, balanced mix of And we can, if you find out you're low on iron, you could add ferrous sulfate, which is organic. And if you're, you know, magnesium's a little low, you can add basically what we would use would be Epsom salt, you know. So, and we use all those things in our organic groves, but uh, we have to follow the, you know, the certification process pretty strictly.
6: Right. Right. So do they sell? I think I've heard you say you can't use fresh chicken manure. No, no.
0: Fresh chicken manure is the best. The only problem is you just have to be mindful of how hot it is. So, you're going to get, if you've got chickens around, you're going to get three times the nitrogen value out of fresh chicken manure versus composted chicken manure. But, you know, so you only put a third as much on. And what's kind of cool is it volatilizes, and that that, that terrible smell is the ammonia going up. And you put it underneath the tree, it goes right up in the foliage. It's actually absorbed through the foliage and works extremely well. But, you know, moderation is the key. This can't put too much, you know, organic chicken manure on that's fresh because it is hot.
6: Okay, understand. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Mary.
0: Come see us. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
5: Such a feeling's coming over me. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky. Got the sun won't be surprised if it's a dream everything i want the world to be is now coming true especially for me and the reason is clear it's because
0: trees all kinds all sizes we deliver plant and guarantee we're licensed bonded insured if you want to give somebody a great gift for a holiday that can last a lifetime come out and see us and we got plenty of time now to get them delivered and planted before the holidays so we have our original store at 824 East Glendale in the East Valley of Cooper which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. And now is Christmas tree time as well. So we also have a Christmas tree lot at 64th Street and Bell, right next to Hanson's. And a wonderful family of those Hanson's. Their father actually sponsored my little league team whenever I was seven years old. And they've been a big part of our community for a long time. We want to thank them for letting us have our Christmas tree lot there. But we also want to take time and invite you out. We have beautiful, wonderful trees in sizes from four to about 15 feet tall, maybe some of the silver tips up to 18 or 19. And uh, they're fresh cut trees. They come from family farms, a couple of them, the Murphys and the Hunters up in Washington. And we have beautiful trees that uh, are cut up in the high Sierras, at about 8,000 feet on the silver tips that are natural. And our open our store hours for the Christmas tree lots are going to be nine to not uh, nine to nine tonight, and then we'll be nine to eight during the week. As far as the nurseries, we're going to have our regular start time for Sundays at ten o'clock, but we will be open late till at least uh, seven seven thirty this evening. Whitfield Nurseries for four generations growing trees here in Arizona, help beautify the state and be part of Arizona's future. Uh, we'll get right back to the phones. Uh, next up, we have Andy and Chandler. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good
1: morning. I um I have a question about my fig tree. Um it's about 4 years old and it bloomed um and we got a lot of fruit off it about 2 months ago and now I have a ton of blooms on it again. Is that normal?
0: Well, it's a, the weather was a little odd this year. There wasn't no, and there was really nothing exactly normal about our our system, but you know, basically some trees like figs and different ones, they're going to have some fruit on them that probably won't mature this time of year. And that'll usually get hard and drop off. But, you know, a good point for figs this time of year is go ahead and fertilize them here in January with cow manure and work it in all around underneath the tree. And that'll really help this crop that'll come off the trees in about May. Oh, is that the, the typical time? That that's the next that's time, May, May and June, you know, and I always remember, especially the mission blacks when they're ripe. Right because when I'm down on our farm in Stanfield where we have a lot of them growing, uh, that's my lunch every, every day. I when I'm there, so they're really pretty delicious.
1: Okay. Hey, um, I'm at Ray and McQueen mm-hmm. and I live down the street from your store. I just have a question about that blue truck on the corner. huh. Just, uh, was that in use for a while or Well, just, I'm sure it was.
0: Now we we have that that's a that's a Model A, but actually where that truck came from I had one of my best friends in the whole world was Venna Davis in Las Vegas and her son was a judge up there. And uh okay. I, I traded him that truck for some trees and it used to said Gary Davis for judge up in Las Vegas and I we probably have some listeners from Vegas who knew the Davis family, but uh she was the best. Oh,
1: okay. And every I ever time had. I drive Every time I drive by, I'm just I, you know, just wondered what, what the story was behind it.
0: So that, That's the story of that. When we have some other old trucks that we use for deliveries and stuff that are still laying around. And uh, and I kind of just like old things and, you know, like, like to set them, set them around and just enjoy them. Okay. Well, hey,
1: I was one of the lucky callers to get a free tree, and so, I really yeah. appreciate we'll that. We'll follow
0: up with you after the program. Then you can go by the store out there in Gilbert and uh, see Gabriel and the Grant gang today, and they'll help you right out. Okay. Thank Not you so much. Good day. All right. Uh, Jordan and Gilbert, good morning, Jordan. Hey, good morning. How are you? Just enjoying the day.
1: Hey, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm one call too late, oh, yeah. but I will tell you, I actually bought my Christmas tree three days ago anyway, so it wouldn't have helped me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, I called in the summertime, actually, just before the summertime. I planted about 14 Chamel ash trees and they did fairly well over the summer. I only lost two of them, um, which I'll replant here soon, you know, two new ones. But um, the question I have for all the ones that survived is what type of watering schedule should I have them going into this colder part of the year? I, I literally planted them about one year
0: ago. Okay, well, at least you got them early enough before it got real hot. And, you know, in Gilbert, yeah. for the most part, we have pretty heavy clay soil. Where are you located? What cross streets? Cooper and Warner. Okay, so yeah, really heavy clay soil. It's like bricks. And uh yeah. so for right now, once every 2 weeks even though they're young trees is plenty often. Okay,
1: that's great. And uh, should I when should I fertilize them next?
0: The next time to fertilize them is um, you know they could fertilize them now if you wanted to. By the time it gets into the soil, uh, with shamal ash, you know they'll come back and leaf out sometimes in January, and occasionally oh. they'll actually leaf out and even freeze um, because it's it's cold and they've leafed out early. Um, so right. a little different right. in that way. But, you know the, the best time would probably be fertilizing. You know, run right on a regular schedule around Valentine's Day. Okay, I'll plan for that. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Jordan. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Uh, Wendy and Goodyear. Good morning, Wendy. Hi, how are you? Enjoying the morning.
4: Good. So am I, hey, question for you. I'm getting ready to uh, do a new landscape, and I'm looking for a tree that doesn't shed.
0: Well, every tree sheds, but you get to pick when. So um, probably the cleanest tree you can plant is something that's deciduous, that loses its leaves in the wintertime. And two of those that are my favorite, if you if you use a grafted ash tree, so it could be like a Fantex or Fan West or Raywood or Shamel, But as long as it's grafted, Uh, It will not put out the seeds that are messy. And probably the most popular one we have for being a deciduous tree like that is the red push pistache. And both those trees you can plant and have them drop their leaves in January leaf back out in March and you have no cleanup the rest of the year. What
6: was the second one? A red? Red push pistache.
4: Pistache. And like that a pistachio?
0: That yeah, I like a pistachio, but it's just pistache. And that one's more drought tolerant. It's not going to have nuts on it, but it's going to be very clean.
4: Oh, that's perfect because I have a ficus tree that's in my neighbor's yard that's just, it's a devil.
0: It's just so? the opposite of a ficus tree. I mean, those are evergreen <laughs> shit all the time.
4: All right. Thank you. So much. Thanks,
0: Wendy. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Well, it looks like we're going to have to take a break and find out what's happened in the world. In the meantime, you can give Xander a call at 602 277 5827. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR.